Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. It's good to see you today. Uh, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. I want to just pass along some information that I got from Pastor Everett Foster so that I'm not the one to be blamed for the joke you're about to hear. All right? I'm giving him all credit. All credit goes to Pastor Everett. And uh, he called me and told me this about this big, ugly, mean cowboy walked into McDonald's. And he sauntered up to the counter. A little teenage girl standing behind the register. He said, I want a half a Big Mac and I want it now. And he banged on the counter. And she just startled and speechless and overcome by fright. So she turned around and headed toward her manager, not realizing the cowboy was following her. And she comes to her manager and said, there's a big, scary, mean, ugly cowboy out there who's asking for half a Big Mac. And as she's saying it, she turns around and sees him standing there. And she says, and this fine gentleman would like the other half. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, see, you laugh on that one because I didn't come up with that one. It was Pastor Everett. So all, Pastor, all uh, credit goes to Pastor Everett Foster. Valerie, make sure that he understands it was appreciated today. Uh, welcome all of you today and, uh, and welcome to all of you who are listening by podcast. We're blessed to have you as part of our service today. And So have you found 1 Timothy chapter 2? 1 Timothy 2. Verse 1 says this, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is eternal. As the psalmist said, the counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generations. We're grateful that there is no such thing as a forgotten generation. We thank you, Lord, that if there is a generation, then there is a plan. Hallelujah. And we thank you that your plans are accomplished in every generation. So, Father, we're happy to be the generation here now, Lord, to see your plan and your purpose accomplished and fulfilled through our lives in this earth. Thank you, Lord, for this time in the Word, that your Word is life to those who find it, and it is health to all of their flesh. Health to all of their flesh. I want you to just reach out and receive that right now. Those of you who may be suffering in the flesh in some way, with some kind of sickness, some kind of pain, whatever it is, the Word is life to you now, and it is health to all of your flesh. Lord, we thank you right now for that Word being accomplished in these bodies. In the name of Jesus, thank you now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, it's working right now. It's working right now. It's working right now. Hallelujah. Man, I feel that strong in here this morning. Life to those who find it, health to all of their flesh. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Paul says, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks, or we'll shorten it to thanksgiving. Supplications, S, prayer, P, intercession, I, thanksgiving, T. Spit. 
Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, spit it out. Tell somebody else, spit it out. All right? Spit it out. All right? So we learn. We started last week in this, and we we're talking about prayer. And, and, and Paul lays up for us specific avenues of prayer. All right? Specific a- avenues of prayer for us to, to communicate with God on various things in various ways. But uh, <clears throat> we learned also, we're, we're learning what all that is, but we also learned what prayer is not. And there's a common misconception about prayer when it comes to how it's expressed, all right? And maybe I can help you today. Maybe you weren't here last week, and, or maybe you just need to be reminded again. Let me say this to you, and then you can, you know, talk about me later on Facebook or whatever, but I, I don't care. I just, there is no such thing as silent prayer. There's no such thing. You're either silent or you're praying. But there's no such thing as silent prayer. Well, all right. I knew. I knew. I knew. I knew. I knew. So, thank you, Nathan. This is, this is something that we have to understand from the Scriptures. How many of you love the Word of God? All right. We love the Word of God, and we are determined to have Bible experience in our lives. I'm determined that we have Bible experience in our church, right? That we experience the way it is from the Scriptures, not the way we've learned it from tradition. All right? We need to get all that man-made tradition out of our lives so that we can live this enriched life of the Scriptures. All right? And one of the things, one of the traditions that we've come to over time, and I don't know how it's happened, but it's caused the church to go really quiet in prayer. And that is to think that we're just talking to God in our heads. Now, that's called a thought. That's called meditation, but that's certainly not called prayer. All right? You can meditate toward God, and you're encouraged in the Scriptures to do that, to think on the Lord, to think on these things, right? The Scripture says whatever's good and noble and just, to meditate upon these things. But that's not prayer, all right? Prayer has a voice. Prayer is what is uttered. God wants to hear from your mouth what your desires are. He wants to hear. Think about it. How, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We pray in head or pray in tongues? Okay, we pray in tongues, all right? So it's an utterance of the Spirit, all right? So um, David talked, we, we used several, went over uh, several scriptures last week about how David talked about, with my mouth will I make known. I will, your voice, my voice, you will hear in the morning. I will make my supplications with my voice, all right? You're made to speak. You're made and created in the image of Almighty God Himself, all right? And he's made us that way that the words that come from our mouths are powerful, powerful things. And what they really are, the first, the first uh, purpose of you having words is not for communication. That's secondary. The first purpose is for creation. All right? Hebrews chapter 11 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And your world is framed by what's coming out of your mouth. All right, your world is friend because you're made in his image and you have the same ability, the same power. So that's why you need to create a good world, create a world of, of blessing, create a world that, where you speak life and healing. Are you hearing me today? That you speak the word of God so that you can live in that reality. The word must come forth first before it takes on flesh, before it takes on matter. All right? So you begin to build with your words out there in, in, in the world without being seen, these things. This building material is not seen, but all of a sudden, matter begins to attract. It's incredible to those words and begins to take on flesh. 
So we continue to say what God has said until we see it materialize in our lives. And so he's created us to speak. And this prayer is an exchange uh, in our relationship with God. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear what you have to say. He wants to hear what you want. And we talked about that. That first avenue of prayer from 1 Timothy chapter 2 is supplications. And it is simply the request for supply. Supplications, all right? And this is where you pray what you want. God wants to hear what you want. Amen. You pray your desires. Jesus said, whatever things you ask or you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. The the prerequisite to receiving it is to believe it, right? It's to believe that you have it. And God is perfectly fine with you letting your request be made known to him. All right? So let them be made known to him. Talk to him. Don't get religious with him. Tell him what you want. All right? Just tell him what you want. He's there to supply. He will supply. The scripture says that he knows what you have needed before you ask. But then it goes on to say in Philippians chapter 4 that, that we need to let our request be made known to him. He knows it, but he wants you to make it known to him. How? Through prayer. Amen. Open your mouth and voice it. Uh, supplications and prayer with thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving envelops all of these things. It envelops supplication, it envelops prayers, and it envelops intercession. All right? It, it is how we package together our prayers and bring it to God. All right, because we give it, we put it in this package of a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name, as Hebrews chapter 13 teaches us. All right, and, and thanksgiving lets you know what, this is really great. Thanksgiving is you saying in your heart, I believe I already have it. That's why I'm already giving thanks. Most of the time we don't say thank you until we've received something. But when we pray, we say thank you before we actually see it because we believe that God actually answers our prayers. Yeah. Amen. See, then your, your prayer life is a confident expectation, not just a, well, I hope it works this time. I hope I got all the right words in the right way, Lord. I think I did it all right. I learned it in Bible school and I learned it in, you know, whatever. They taught me A plus B plus C. And if I, I got my formula down, maybe you'll answer my prayer right. Come on. Huh? Come on. Just start talking to him. It's not about having the right words. You learn that as you go. He wants to hear from you. All right? He wants to hear from you. He's not looking for perfection. He's just wanting you to pray. All right? Pray. And so we, we make our, our, our requests known to God, and he, he's happy to answer our request for supply. Amen. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, I want to go to this next thought here that Paul talks about in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He says that... Uh, in supplications, and in prayers. Now, we're going to talk about prayers today uh, extensively because this is important that we understand. Not only is it important that we let our requests be made known to God, but we also need to let God's requests be made known in our prayer. What God wants and what God desires. Okay? And this comes through the avenue of prayer. And we see a lot through the Scriptures what is in the heart of God, what is in his mind for us to utter in the earth. Remember what Jesus said? He taught us the Lord's Prayer. I mean, think about it. That, that one prayer, the model prayer as it's been called, uh, I mean, if, if there, there's enough commentaries written on that prayer alone to fill libraries, right? 
I mean, it, the, the prayer has such brevity to it, and there is such power to it because think about this. The disciples asked Jesus. These are his guys. These are his followers. These are sons of Israel raised in the things of God, raised in the traditions of the Jewish religion, and yet when Jesus comes to their life and as they walk with him and as they watch how he acts and listen how he prays to God, something in them tells them, I don't pray right. Something's missing in my prayer life because I don't sound like him. He's got all this confidence when he prays. He's got all this he stands before He stands before the tomb of Lazarus, and he simply says, thank you that you hear me always. Lazarus, come forth. Right? Now, my Pentecostal upbringing, it wasn't going to be that simple. And we were going to hit our knees, and we were going to tarry, tarry, tarry in tears and in wails until God moved. Right? But it was just this confidence. Thank you, Father, that you hear me always. Isn't this beautiful? And the disciples, they saw him do things like that, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because we don't have this down. I mean, we're religious, but uh, we like what what you're bringing here. And Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're praying then. This is the, the, the specific avenue of prayer we're talking about today is praying God's purpose, God's desire, God's wants on the earth, in our lives, in our world. All right? So there are lots of, there are lots of great scripture prayers. I'm going to give you a list of those things today to write down, and then we're going to give you a couple of examples. Okay? Is that all right? Yeah. Sure it is, Pastor Eric. Well, thank you. Romans chapter 15. Let's turn over there for a moment. Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, and in verse 13 as well. Now, may the God of patience and comfort. Aren't you glad he's the God of patience? Amen. We like that word patience, don't we, Jeremiah, Stephen? Yeah. Love the word patience. May the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another. How we need to be toward one another? Patient and comforting. According to Christ Jesus, verse 6, that you may with one mind and one mouth, you see that? We're uttering something here. One mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13 says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What an awesome request here. Now see, the Lord taught Paul, taught the Apostle Paul, what to teach us Gentiles. And I'm grateful to God for that. He said, I didn't get this revelation. I didn't get this gospel from men. I didn't go sit at Peter, James, and John's feet and, and, and hear all those stories. That's not where I got this. Jesus himself taught me. This is glorious. All right? So you know what you know about Jesus because Paul received from Jesus what to deliver to you. That's why you need to spend most of your Bible reading Almost exclusively in the letters of Paul. Almost exclusively. Because although all the Bible is for us, not all the Bible is directly to us. All right? We can learn from all of it. But there are certain sections of it, especially Paul, to us. It's called live in the letters. Live in the letters of Paul. All right? And so, as Paul is, is hearing by the Spirit and pinning these things down that would later be known as Scripture, 
He's pinning some prayers that I've come to find out are actually God's prayers. God desires. God wants. Now watch this. Romans chapter 15, this is, this is what Paul is saying that God would grant these things to us, or these are what God wants to give to us. These are what God wants to do in our individual lives. So he asks the God who gives patience and comfort and hope to impart these great gifts to us, his people. So there are some important ideas that emerge from this prayer here that I want to get to you today. Verse 13, let's look at verse 13 for a moment. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. Okay, so there is a joy uh, uh, to be found as a Christian, and that joy is found not in circumstantial evidence. All right? That joy is not in found in, not found in, okay, if I can just win the lottery, man, will I ever have the joy of the Lord? Right? Or, or if I can just find the right soulmate, if I can just marry the right person, then I'll really know. Then I'll be happy. Right? That's when, a, when this goes my way or when this certain thing happens, yeah, now we're talking. No, no, no. Christianity is not based on that. Our, our, our relationship with God is not based on that. Our joy is in believing. It's in believing, right? So, so even though we're limited to, in one factor, to this world and its elements and to this body, and, and, which is guided by the senses, yet there's this sixth sense, if you will, called faith in God, all right? And faith in God helps us to exceed what we see with our natural eyes. It causes us to exceed that and be able to hold on to a joy, not because external things are right, but because internal things are right. All right? Because now we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Christ, old things are gone and new things have come. I mean, you can be happy about that every day of your life. And the fact that heaven is your home. Holy moly, what a deal that is. And this joy is not even found in the absence of trouble. Because if you're absent of trouble, you've probably died. Because the way this world works, you're either coming out of trouble, you're in it right now, or you're coming into it. We rejoice. We have joy because we believe God's promise. And that promise is greater than what we're facing right now. In spite of the difficulties we may experience today, our joy doesn't arise from easy circumstances. No, our joy arises from an unshakable hope. The author of Hebrews says that this, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Amen. Our hope is found in the truth that God is good and God does good. We, that's our hope. Our hope is this, that God is on our side. Our hope is found in this, that He is the one, God is the one who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He gifts you with victory. Think about it. You don't earn it. He gives it to you. And our faith is what is that victory. We access, whoo, hallelujah, because of our faith in Him. Our hope is, is that this world is temporary, but we have an eternal place eternal home called heaven. And knowing that no matter what kind of struggles, trials, 
hurts, losses, griefs that we endure on this earth, the moment we see our Savior face to face, all of that's going to be swallowed up. The Scripture says that He will wipe wipe away every tear. Every tear. Every tear that you've ever shed, He will wipe them all away. And you'll be swallowed up in the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ Himself. What a great day that will be. What a great day that will be when we see Him for who He is. And, Paul, and we'll come to that conclusion like Paul said. He says, for I, I consider that our light affliction, our light affliction, do we even understand what Paul went through? Beat, shipwrecked, imprisoned, falsely accused, everywhere he went, whatever town he went into, a riot started. He says, I consider our light affliction doesn't even compare with the eternal weight of glory. This is the joy that we have, that we can only have in believing. In believing. Because faith sees way beyond this. See, it sees you already seated in heavenly places with Christ. It sees you blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Him. It sees you surrounded by the favor of God. Blessed with every blessing. All right. Another idea that that we need to also pull from these passages of Scripture is that we as Christians, we learn over time as we mature to accept one another in spite of our differences. In spite of our differences. You know, when we're young and immature, you can tell when somebody's young and immature because they pick on each other's differences. Right? Right? They pick on each other's differences. And so they fight in that realm rather than accepting and seeing the beauty of the difference. All right? But as you get older, you, you, you learn to appreciate those things. And so our walk together is more than just tolerating each other and being nice to each other. You need to be nice to your Christian brother and sister. No, it's way deeper than that. Because we all find commonality in our deep faith in God. And we all have this other thing in common too that we are all in need of His grace. No matter what race, creed, social uh, status we come from, economics, it doesn't matter. We all are in need of His grace. Amen. And we see a really cool picture of this actually at the cross. When you read through the Scriptures and you find out the individuals that were there that day at Jesus' crucifixion, there was only one disciple left, by the way. Everybody else scattered for their lives, right? Peter ran in shame because he denied him. Judas wouldn't hang himself because he betrayed him. And everybody else ran off except one guy, John. Why isn't John running? Because John knew he was loved. John said, the, when he wrote of himself, he wrote the Gospel of John, and when he wrote of himself, he called himself the disciple Jesus loved. I love his confidence, don't you? They didn't, the other guys didn't say that about it. That ticked Peter off, right? I mean, you know he had to, that, it bothered him because, because at one point, Jesus begins to talk to Peter after his resurrection about the kind of death he would die. And this is what Peter does. Well, what about John? Right? John's sitting back there, yeah, I'm the one that Jesus loved. And Jesus says this, what is that to you, Peter? What if, I, what if I will him to live until I come back? You be concerned about your own thing, all right? 
But John, who later wrote, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's what kept him at the foot of that cross. He just accepted that Jesus loved him. He wasn't afraid of anything. Hmm? But there with, named with John is Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's also Mary Magdalene. You remember Magdalene? The one whom he had cast seven devils out of? But then there's this other Mary that we only see her here at the crucifixion. We don't know anything about this other Mary except she's listed here. And you can find it when you piece all four of the Gospels together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But all those Marys represent some part of humanity. Mary, the one who said, be it unto me according to your word. I would say she's Mary the hero. She's Mary the hero that would bear whatever scrutiny it took to bring Jesus into the world, to bear and conceive and bear a son, the one who would take away all of our sins as a virgin, unmarried, and try to answer those kind of questions. Mary the hero. Then there's Mary on the other side who Jesus had cast seven spirits out of, all right? And, and, and scholars believe that she was a harlot. We don't have absolute uh, scripture on that, but we, have, we can speculate pretty good, all right? She, this girl was in trouble, all right? Seven demons felt comfortable enough to hang around her, all right? So <laughs> she, she's Mary the harlot, all right? She represents... She represents the low of the low. Mary the hero. And we have Mary the harlot. The best and the worst. And now we have this other Mary. She's the average Joe Mary. We'll call her Mary the ho-hum. <laughs> she's jack of all trades and master of none. Right? She's just that constant one that's there that doesn't have much fame, but she certainly doesn't do what Mary, the Ma- Mary Magdalene did either. All right? She's just that... But look at me, all of them find place, a place at that cross. We are all in need of the amazing grace of God. None of us could earn this great grace. None of us could earn this salvation. We must all come to Christ. Amen. We're all on this same journey together. And we all have the same glorious destination. So whatever our difference is, if we are truly investing our lives in the gospel, my family, then we will see each other the right kind of way. We will uh, see that we are in this thing together. And as we come to know the truth, we come to know each other as a family of faith. Today at 3.15, 3.30, the Dallas Cowboys are going to play football. And I'm excited about that. All of them are going to pull up to that Eagle Stadium. Well, let's not even talk about the Eagle Stadium. The next time they play at Cowboy Stadium, they're all going to drive there. And as they go into the locker room, you're going to have Tony Romo, uh, Jason Witten. I'm waiting for any of you to, any fans to kick in. Sean Lee, right? Some of the people we really enjoy watching. They're going to walk in that locker room as individuals. But when they emerge out of that locker room and run onto that field, my family, it's just the Dallas Cowboys. It's just the Dallas Cowboys. They all have that same uniform that says we are all individuals, but yet we're one team. 
Amen. That football stuff will preach. <laughs> One team, you, 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 you. When you gather here in this place, when you come here today, you all came as individuals, but you understand now, right now, see, you're a part of a team. You're a part of of the family of God. You are all individual members that God has placed in a body. See, the very thing that makes you different is also the very thing that unites you. Hallelujah. That the part of the body that you are is essential to the body. And the part of the body that you are, Jeremiah, even you, is essential to the body. Amen. When you come together, it's no longer I and me. It's we, the body of Christ. Hallelujah. We, the people of God. Amen. Paul says that the responsibility, or he, or he lays, I should say, the responsibility of this, uh, uh, of, to produce such joy at the feet of our God. He prays that, in verse 13, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to help you do that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. God himself clears our minds to understand his kingdom purpose. So he strengthens us to persevere in our faith. He comforts and encourages us through our faith in him. Amen. So the faith and comfort and patience and hope and wisdom, these represent our great need in life that only God can give to us. In the midst of our struggles, it's God who will strengthen and encourage us. Be encouraged today. It's God who's working in you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Now let's go over to Ephesians chapter 1. And I am coming to a close. We're going to start landing this airplane, all right? Ephesians chapter 1. I didn't say we were landing yet. I said we're starting to land. We're on the descent. Don't check out yet. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Watch this, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who what? Believe according to the working of his mighty power. So eloquently put. I mean, when Paul told one church, he said, I did not come to you with eloquence of speech. I'm thinking, well, if you're not eloquent, then I don't know what I am. That is eloquent. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Oh, that's good. Revelation is what that means. Illumination. This takes us from just doing a little Bible reading here and there and saying a little prayer to living a life of revelation. God, opening up our eyes to what He wants us to know. He wants you to know the hope of His calling on your life. Oh, wow. To see past the difficulties of today, to really grasp this great hope that we have, to see it for what it really is. He also wants you to understand that your inheritance is rich beyond measure, and that you know how great His powerful hand is in reaching down to save you. And God knows that you alone cannot know this. You alone cannot comprehend this. 
being that you're bound to this body, this mortal body, subject to change, subject to death. So he reveals his help to you by these kinds of prayers. See, the great thing about praying prayers God wants is that you don't have to understand it before you pray it. You simply have to believe it. But when you believe it, and when you confess His Word, you confess what God wants in the earth, guess what? Understanding begins to come. There's no way that you could have understood, and it's still kind of hard to take in, but you understand it now better, that God would just give us grace. There's no way that you could really understand that, out because we live in a society where you do and then you get. Right? Everything is about earning. Everything is about karma. Right? Sow and reap. And even though those laws are true at one level, this grace exceeds those laws. There's this thing called the law of faith as well, all right? And God just chose to be good to us. He just chose to love us, and He chose to give up His Son so that He could have us. There's no way that we could really understand that. We just had to believe it first, and then all of a sudden, things begin, we could begin to reason this love. We could begin to reason the gospel, reason God's character and grace in our lives. But there's no way you can if you don't have revelation, if you don't first believe, all right? So praying these kinds of prayers, I want to encourage you to make a practice of these things, not just about praying what you want, but let's get God's wants in our mouths, all right? And be very purposeful and vigilant in these things because as we do, we understand that these, I mean, these are lofty kind of prayers, right? These are God's words. These are God's desires. And when you'll get them in your mouth, guess what? Revelation begins to come. You'll begin to have a new understanding about you and Him and about His purpose in your life. Because these are the, really the weightier matters here, what God wants. Jesus said it like this. He summed it up in one verse of Scripture in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things, your supplications, the, well, Lord, I need to eat, I need clothes on my back, I need this, I need that. He said all that will be added to you. So that's not the main point of your prayer. That's part of it. The main thing is to get his desire expressed in the earth. That's good preaching, Pastor Eric. All right, right quick, right quick, right quick. I want you to take out a pen or, or a stylus, whatever you want to write on for just a moment. Or you can take a picture of the screen. How about that? And I want you to write down, just get these scripture references down right here. These are God kind of prayers that you can pray um, over your own life. All right? These are God prayers. All right, scripture prayers that you can pray that express God's heart, God's desire. All right, and that's Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6 and 13 that we just covered. For those of you listening by podcast, it's also Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 19. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Colossians 1, 9 through 12, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12, and Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. All right? Just a list of those scriptures that you can begin to pray. So what I've done just for you today is, is given you a couple of examples of how to make, take these prayers and make them personal for you to pray them, okay? So let's bring up the first one on the screen found in Philippians chapter 1. And if you'll do this with me, would you just read this out loud with me? All right? I've just made it to where it's personal. Ready? Read. And this I pray, that my love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that I may approve the things that are excellent, 
that I may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, does that make you feel good right there or what? I mean, that is awesome. Now, one more example, Hebrews 13. Now, may you, the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make me complete in every good work to do your will, working in me what is well-pleasing in your sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow, what marvelous things to pray. What marvelous things to utter with our lips. He wants not only you to pray the prayers that concern you, but also the prayers that concern Him. Praying for what He wants. And as I said, that is the main issue. And when you pray, because, because God knows ways you don't know and He sees ways you don't see. He sits from a heavenly position and looks over all the earth. And the Scripture says He's looking for one thing specifically in us. And the Scripture says, will He find faith? Will He find faith? That's what He's looking for. And faith sounds like this. I believe what God has said, so I'm going to say what God has said. It is believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. So get these prayers in your life. Make these things personal and utter the wants of your Father just like you would utter utter your wants. Next week, we're going to finish this thing with intercessions. And these are prayers that others you know want you to pray. (laughs) Yeah, which means they want you to pray for them. They want you to stand in the place and speak on their behalf. And that's what good intercessors do. I want to finish with this today. Heather helped me fix the story that I told this morning in the early service. So I'm going to fix it now. Uh, Many years ago, my father offered to buy me some contact lenses um, because simply for the reason he hated the glasses that I wore. And he told me, if I buy you kind of, will you stop wearing those dumb glasses? I said, yes, sir. Sure, I will do that. And so I went to the eye doctor, and, and well, what, they, what they found out was is that my right eye was a little misshapen. So they, they said, we cannot do soft contacts for you. We have to give you what's called gas permeable contacts, which are semi-hard. Anybody here ever gone through that hell? Okay. <laughs> You can sympathize a little bit with me. It's like, it really is like putting a rock in your eye. And, uh, and I really didn't think I could get used to these things. Well, because they had to custom do, make one for my right eye, they were very expensive. But my dad was good for it, and he paid the bill, and I was grateful for that. So I was determined I was going to learn how to wear these things no matter how painful they were. And it took about two weeks of this. <laughs> Eyes water, crying all the time. Ask Heather. I mean, it was miserable. But finally, I, I began to get used to them. So we went over to a friend of mine's house one day. He was having a birthday party at his house, and it was during the summertime, and he had one of those above-ground pools. And I don't know why a bunch of young, grown, young, grown men were all in this pool, but, you know, disasters uh, uh, happen in moments like that when a bunch of guys start act, playing like kids and stuff gets destroyed. But, you know, we were keeping some order there, and actually they were in there, and then I decided I was going to jump in and join them. 
Well, when I was, my dad taught me how to swim as a kid. I learned most of how to swim underwater. So most of the time, if I'm in a pool or something, I'm, you're not going to see me on the top. I'm, I like being underwater and swimming around. And so that's how I learned. So that was my natural thing to do. When I jumped in the pool, I went underwater. And when I came up, everything was blurry because I'd forgotten to take those contacts out. And they're somewhere in this pool now. And so I said, stop, stop, nobody move. They're like, what's wrong? I said, my contacts are in this pool somewhere. And I have to find those contacts. My dad paid a lot of money for those things. And so, regretfully, they all got out of the pool, and I totally stopped the party. And so then I put on, well, my friend gave me these little goggles, and so I'm swimming around underwater, right, trying to find these two little contacts in this pool with a blue bottom on it. And I quickly found out this was not going to happen. I was not going to find these contacts. And I didn't. So finally, I surrendered to the fact that they were gone, and I was going to have to go talk to my dad and deal with that. So I said, all right, guys, let's just have fun. I'm, not, I'm going to stop your party. So all the guys got back in the pool, and they got this inner tube where we had put one guy in this inner tube, and all the other guys would gather around him, and they'd push him up in the air, and then he'd come down in the water, and water splashing over the edges of the pool, you know, and it's everywhere, and I know for sure these things are gone now. So after the party's over, I left, I was a little dejected, and we're in the car. And I told the earlier service that the Lord spoke to me, and he did, but he happened to use my wife, which most of the time that's how he speaks to me, <laughs> in an audible female voice. Lord, why is your voice so high? I thought you would be, Ugh. But she said, Heather said to me, you, why didn't you pray? Why, why didn't you pray? And I said, and I thought back on that. I thought, I didn't pray one prayer. I didn't even invite God into that situation, you know? And instead, I just went through the whole thing and then, got upset and dejected about it and gave up. And I said, you're right. So I just prayed. I said, Lord, I, I'm sorry. I didn't even invite you in, in my situation. So I'm asking you to, to do something here. I'm asking you to do something. Would you get my contacts? Make, make them come back somehow. I didn't know. You know I, I felt like it was really over. But And so then we waited. We went to bed that night, got up the next day, and my friend who had the party, his dad called and said, Eric, why don't you come over to my house and get your contacts? I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, I have both of them right here. He said, I was vacuuming the pool to clean it out. And he said, both your contacts stuck to the filter. Here they are. Come get them. I said, are you kidding me? So all the way there, I'm just going, oh, Jesus. I, wow, why did I make this so hard? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I got there. Sure enough, there they were in perfect shape. Nothing wrong with them. Popped those rocks right back in my eye and we were going again. God sees things you don't see in those ways that you don't know. And he's, he's there. to He wants to perform his word for you. That's why he's given you these great, exceeding, great and precious promises to hold on to so that, so that you will see beyond the situation that you're in and you will believe that anything is possible with the God who is on your side. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And I'm here to tell you today, as someone who has experienced it firsthand, all things are possible with our God. Amen. So he offers you these prayers. He offers you his desire so that you can live in that experience, that lofty experience. Amen. Hallelujah.
Let's stand together. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for all of these that are here today, Lord, all these hearing this message. I pray now, God, that great grace and peace would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be more purposeful in our prayers. Lord, not to just pray supply kind of prayers, but Lord, to go deeper in our prayer life, to go deeper, to express your desires in our lives, your desires in the earth. Lord, you have so many good things that you want to accomplish and fulfill in us. And if we will partner with you in prayer, that's the way for us to live in it. And I thank you, Lord, for helping us in that. Help us to be vigilant in it, to be constant, to be regular in this, Lord, to grow in it, to increase. Thank you, Lord, that you lend us words to say. You give us understanding that we don't even have. But if we'll believe, the understanding will come. Lord, like never before, this earth needs God's children praying. It needs us on our knees it needs us opening our mouths and voicing your will in the earth, your way in the earth, your word in the earth, God. Just right now, if you would, just make an individual commitment today to God to go deeper in your prayer with Him, to make the time, to set the time, ask Him for His help. He loves you. This isn't something for us to begrudge. It's something for us to look forward to, to be inspired in. Lord, help us. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to grow in this. Help me to grow in, in my relationship with you through prayer. Hallelujah. Show me how to do it in grace. Show me how to do it in, in the atmosphere of joy and praise. Not when I'm tired and not when I'm weary, not when, when I don't feel it. But Lord, help us, Lord, to, to step up and to be those who will voice your will in the earth to take that responsibility upon ourselves as the sons of God, to talk like sons in the earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good and you do good. And Lord, you can be trusted with everything. You have proven yourself over and over and over and over and over again that you can truly and fully be trusted. So we lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Lord, we, 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 we relinquish fear and we accept love, your love for us today. Help us, Lord, to always have that bold access kind of confidence, Lord. Bold access before our Father. Thank you, Lord, that we'll run to that throne of grace and commune with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.